0: i uh-huh. uh-huh.
1: Doctor's Companion presents Doctor Who, The Long Way Round, the weekly podcast where we review and discuss every episode of Doctor Who, one Doctor at a time. I'm Nick Jimenez. I'm Scott Corelli.
2: And I'm Cassandra Fredrickson.
1: And today we will be discussing Revenge of the Cybermen, the fourth Doctor's fifth story, and oh, what a story it is. Uh-huh. guiding mm. uh, uh, on any background for us on this one? I have...
3: I have quite possibly the craziest set of background for this that I've ever read, uh, going oh, wow. into a Doctor Who story. Okay, so yeah, it's awesome. So there's some there's some uh, pretty you know standard behind the scenes stuff, and then it it, it goes off the rails pretty quickly. I feel um,
2: like I know exactly what you're talking about.
3: <laughs> yeah. So so okay. So first of all, um, Barry Letts, who was the Doctor Who producer. Uh, during the, uh, the era, uh, directly preceding this, um, he, uh, he had such good success with ratings, um, bringing the Daleks back, uh, during a, a third doctor story day of the Daleks that he wanted to repeat that. So as he was, um, putting together the preliminary stuff for this season, uh, even though he wouldn't end up actually producing the season because this would be uh, produced by uh, Hinchcliffe and Holmes. Um, the preliminary stuff, the hiring of writers and sort of like the overall planning stages uh, were done by Barry Letts, and he decided that he wanted to repeat that success by bringing back the Cybermen, which hadn't been in a story since the invasion in 1968. Mm. So uh, to do to bring back the the Cybermen, he went to uh, Jerry Davis, the uh, co-creator of the Cybermen. Uh, Davis's last scripting uh, effort was uh, 1967's Tomb of the Cybermen, which is so good. One of the greatest Cybermen stories ever. Uh, and here's the thing: his original plan for this story, the story that he pitched before things started going wrong on the production side of things, um, was actually really interesting. Uh, it was, it was called, uh, return of the Cybermen and it was going to take place in a space station as it does. Uh, but it was, the space station was going to be a casino and, oh. uh, and, uh, it was, so it was going to be like a, a, a space casino and, the Cybermen were going to uh, be, you know, trying to take over the, 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 the casino and then we're going to be uh, killed with the uh, the gold yes. in the casino. Yeah. <laughs> um, which sounds like that sounds... place in Last Jedi that everybody loved. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, so so my, I, I assume they w- would have taken out the Cybermen much like they took out – much like BBA took out the cops. Um, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that was the original plan and that's the – that's what he uh, sent in. And uh, when they got it, by the time they got it, we had moved on and uh, Hinchcliffe and Holmes had taken over. And they were – a little worried about the um, money situation. Uh, they mm-hmm. were – you know, it was the first time that they were running the show and so they were really concerned about how much money they were spending. And so to save money, they were like, OK, we're not going to do the casino thing because that's going to cost a lot of money. And we, we're going to reuse the set that we already used in the arc and space. Um, so we're going we're gonna to film those two stories back to back and we're going to use the same set for both of them. So figure out how to do the same story but with that. So then that's when he came up with the asteroid idea and uh and all of that. Um but in in this he went the complete opposite direction. And uh Davis decided that that uh it would be the asteroid, so it would be uh the asteroid, and then there were there were miners on the asteroid mining gold on the asteroid, and the the Cybermen want to destroy the asteroid because they want to destroy uh I guess the gold so that they can't be killed. Um mm-hmm. so that was that was the idea, and that's what he wrote and what they decided to go with, and that's when it was uh changed to Revenge of the Cybermen. And that was all well and good, but what happened was that uh, just before they started shooting, they realized that they had a surplus of budget. All of us, because they had been so 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 you know stingent with the with the budget and and mm-hmm. was spending money that they ended up having all this extra money. They're like, oh, okay, well let's let's uh, you know originally you no know, they weren't actually going to shoot in the asteroid. They were just going to talk about the asteroid and talk about the miners in the asteroid, but they weren't actually (laughs) going to have any scenes there. They were just going to, uh, they were just going to shoot in the, in the arc in space and that's it. Um, and then, and then, uh, they're like, well, we have all this money, so let's, let's shoot the asteroid. So, uh, they decided to shoot on location. um, and uh the location that they went to was uh this network of natural caverns known as Wookie Hole uh near Wells in mm-hmm. Somerset and wow. uh so they were going to they're going to go film there um and that's that's where they were going to spend the rest of their money but even filming on location they still had extra money so they're like okay well let's just make the miners into aliens and We'll have aliens and we'll shoot on location in the asteroid at, the, at those mines and that will be, that'll be what we do. Um, so right away, it's the weirdest thing because it wasn't the lack of money that caused problems. <laughs> it was a surplus of money that suddenly <laughs> caused problems and made this story make very little sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess it just goes to show you. Yeah, right. Totally. Like they, they had a solid story with the casino one. They abandoned that because they couldn't spend enough money. They came up with a really smart, you know, quick and dirty way to save money and and make a good, a, a pretty solid Cybermen story. And then when they saw they had surplus money, they're like, "Well, let's make it better." And they ended up making it worse. Um, <laughs> so, so there's that. So that's all. That's all pretty normal stuff. Then stuff Doc, gets off yeah. the rails. Okay. <laughs> so they were shooting as I, as I mentioned, they were shooting at Wookie hole. Um, and this was a, a place that was inhabited by primitive men around 50,000 BC and had gained a reputation for being haunted by a dark ages, witch mm-hmm. that had been petrified as one of the caves, rock formations. Right. So they're scouting this place. And, uh, uh one of the one of the like the you know producers or whatever, one of the one of the people, um, this guy named Bryant, he brought his wife out uh while they were scouting the location and his wife, Monique, found these arrowheads in the sand and uh, decided she would keep them as memento uh, <laughs> and she so she kept the arrowheads and then uh a curse hit the production. Mm-hmm. Um So the first thing that happened, and this is this is by far the craziest thing, uh but the first thing that <laughs> happened was that um they were uh, so they're, they''re they're getting ready to set up the production wing, which they were setting up sort of like the day before, so that everyone could just show up and shoot the next day and uh, they're so they're, <laughs> they're they're setting all of this up, and this dude comes up and he 's in spelunking gear. And no one knows who this guy is, why he's there. Uh, And he's like bothering everyone on the set and everyone is like, what is the deal with this guy? Um, Because he's just sort of like standing on the peripheral of them setting up everything and just sort of watching. And uh, the director of the of the story uh, basically came to believe that this was actually a ghost of an Irish potholer. Uh, who had died in the caves three years earlier. Oh, my God. <laughs> so they were being haunted by a, by a spelunker uh, who had died. An Irish spelunker. Um, then uh, during the four-day location shoot, um, the, uh, the boats that they uh, were using for the, uh, for the Vogan skimmers – that, uh, that, that Sarah Jane tries to escape in. Um, they were repeatedly breaking down and for seemingly no reason whatsoever, no one could figure out what was wrong with them. They were just all breaking down. And, uh, and then the floor manager, Rosemary Hester, had a sudden attack of claustrophobia uh, and had oh. to be <laughs> replaced by uh, someone else. And then um, uh, like two or three other people got really sick uh, then as we went along, um, a bunch of the crew members disobeyed instructions and interfered with the witch formation. No one said what they did to it. Uh, but you know, <laughs> I, I, they interfered with it somehow. Um,
1: <clears throat> I, I assume they shouldn't have.
3: Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, and, uh, that afternoon, the boat, the boats that weren't working properly, uh, it wasn't turning off. Uh, it went high, it went haywire with Elizabeth Sladen in it mm-hmm. and it was, uh, heading to smash into the, a cavern wall and she had to jump overboard and then the, the, the boat like smashed into the wall and was destroyed and she couldn't swim. So a stuntman man had to, uh, jump in and save her, uh, in the water and, uh, and then fell ill afterwards Uh, a ladder collapse under an electrician and he suffered a broken leg and uh, a pyrotechnics uh, (laughs) stunt went wrong. Um, And all of this was blamed on, uh, on, on Brian's wife taking the arrowheads. (laughs) Um, And, uh, and, and Brian basically walked her back to the, back to the location and had her leave the arrowheads back there. Um, sure. And then, as soon as she did, everything stopped.
2: That's amazing.
3: Yeah, that's all it took. Yeah,
1: yeah. That's crazy, man. Yep, yep. <clears throat> that would have been. That would be a really good. No, I don't know. I, I mean, like, I, I, don't, I was going to say that would be a good episode of the Adventure in Space and Time show that we're like kind of creating in our heads. Yeah, that's like decades past the first one hmm So I don't know. But yeah, that's just such a It's insane. Yeah. It's completely yeah. insane. I mean I mean Irish blunkers are, are in it. <laughs> ghost <laughs> ghost Irish. Blunkers. Yeah, the ghost of yeah, not actual Irish blunkers. That's
2: a good distinction. <laughs> it's just like, like it's like the poltergeist like, level of like set haunting. It's, mm-hmm.
3: or the it's, omen. Yeah. 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 It's insane. It's insane.
1: Uh so, so all of that, which happened. movie, which movie? We, oh, no, you're not done yet. Keep going, please. No,
3: no, 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 Go Go ahead. Cause I'm, I'm moving on from the ghost stuff. So if you have more to add to the ghost stuff, go ahead.
1: I was just going to like, just ask maybe even the listeners, or but, but certainly you guys, um, you two, um, which I guess film production or television production in the last, let's say like five years to keep it simple. If you heard what was haunted by like a, a curse, some kind of curse, you wouldn't be surprised. You're like, oh that 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 checks out.
2: I dunno. Okay.
1: Maybe the uh uh
3: maybe maybe those uh Kirk Cameron movies?
1: <laughs> yes, yeah. Like he's cursed to keep making them. <laughs> so you <laughs> so you like making movies, do you? I really uh Oh man. Do you guys remember that photo of him um uh, Eating Subway like at his birthday? No, <laughs> I don't. I don't follow Kirk Cameron. I just it went viral a few years ago because it was like Happy Birthday, Kirk, and it was just like a play of Subway, <laughs> and he just looked kind of happy. Wow, yeah, like, oh, that's, that's what that guy's up to. <laughs> um,
3: so okay, so then after the the curse happened, <laughs> um, <laughs> uh it it did uh, the the main uh production stuff there was uh something something good here and, and i and i just i you know this next bit really sticks in my craw because um it reminds me of uh when they announced that uh marvel the marvel cinematic universe phase 2 ended with ant-man instead of age of ultron and yeah. i was like why <laughs> why I love Ant-Man, but that doesn't make any sense at all. Why? Why is that not the start of phase three? Drives me up a wall. Uh, so, so something similar happened here. The BBC decided that Doctor Who's 13th season uh, should begin in the autumn because of how, uh, how great um, the 12th season uh, had been doing, uh, ratings-wise. So they wanted to bring it back sooner. And, but in order to do that... Uh, They had to make their season finale, their final story of season 12, the season premiere of season 13 um, because otherwise they wouldn't have been able to get uh, the show finished in time. So Terror of the Zygons, which was supposed to be the uh, season finale of – of uh, season twelve ended up being the season premiere of season thirteen, and uh, you can tell like it it always rubbed me the wrong way that it was the beginning of a new season instead of the end of this season because it's absolutely the end of the story that starts in Robot. Yeah, um, mm. it's it's really distracting. And then, and this is this is fun. This was like perfect timing. Uh, just announced today. Uh, the BBC announced that, uh, Doctor Who season 12, um, the, the, this, this season that we're talking about will be the first ever classic Who season in its entirety released on Blu-ray.
0: Nice. Uh,
3: and that's, that's happening, uh, later this year with brand new special features and they've somehow, uh, raised the, the, the video quality <laughs> up to <laughs> HD levels, um, somehow and uh this story in particular attack of the Cybermen. uh i don't know or revenge of the Cybermen. i don't know how or where this is happening but apparently uh it will feature brand new uh state-of-the-art uh updated special effects so hmm. i i don't know where that's wow. going to be but apparently that's a thing that's going to happen
2: i can't wait um, to see bubble wrap in hd you guys
3: yeah, I know. Right.
1: <laughs> what if, um, <clears throat> what if they found, what if they told you that they got, uh, that they got, um, the fourth doctor to sit down and do some commentaries that they got Baker to actually sit down and talk about it? Would you do it? I'd you know? be like, no,
3: I don't, I don't know. I mean, I'm thinking about getting it anyway. I, I really do like this yeah. season overall, yeah. you know? Um, I, uh, yeah. So that's kind of, uh, that's kind of interesting. Um, yeah. Oh oh and then this last thing. This is just the funniest thing. Okay, so this story is also uh th- oh God, there's so much with this one. Um which is so <laughs> weird when you watch it. because uh, 'cause you're just like really it's it's not a
1: it, it do, it's not a train wreck episode. It's it's Or and it's not it's not a particularly special one either. You that's know? true too. Yeah, it is very much just like another Cyberman episode. We'll we'll, we'll get to that later. But yeah. yeah, you're right. So so here's
3: the other thing that's really interesting. So the BBC uh, back in 1983 uh, at a convention called Twenty Years of a Time Lord, um, they the BBC announced that they were going to start releasing stories on video on on video cassette, and they wanted to mm-hmm. know what story. Uh, the fans wanted them to release first. So everyone voted and uh, everyone voted. And in 1983, the BBC released their first story on video cassette, which was revenge of the Cybermen.
0: What the hell? uh,
3: Which no, 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 but here, this is the best part. So they released revenge of the Cybermen because the fans true choice was tomb of the Cybermen and when they went to the BBC archives to get it, to release it, they realized that they didn't have it anymore. It's because of this story that they realized, they started to realize they were missing Doctor Who stories.
2: Interesting.
3: Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So they released Revenge of the
1: Cybermen and pretended that it was the same. <laughs> Which is like the most mom on Christmas Eve thing to do.
2: Yeah. To, like- I mean like – Nick hasn't seen Tomb of the Cybermen yet, but that would be like the biggest slap in the face. Like, can you uh-huh. can you imagine being like a fan in like '83 and being like, "Oh man, I remember this when I was a kid. It was like the like the awesomest thing." And then it's just like, "Yeah, Revenge of the Cybermen is totally the same, it's, right, you guys?"
3: <laughs> it's literally like, like Nick said, it's like asking for a PS4 for Christmas. <laughs> And you open you open your Christmas present and you get a used PS2 from GameStop. I
2: was going to say one of those like joystick, like USB. You plug it into the TV and you just play the game from like the <laughs> arcade, whatever. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I mean, yeah oh man, it, it's that's yeah. That, I, I also thought it was really fun that it. Well, you said it was originally titled "Return of the Cybermen and it mm-hmm. ended up being called "Revenge of the Cyberman." Which mm-hmm. is a reverse of Revenge of the Jedi, Return of the Jedi.
3: Oh yeah, that's true. Hmm.
1: That is true. Also, 1983. Whoa. <laughs> See, like people give you know, because like a, a couple years ago we went through like an age of fit, where just every movie was like age of blank, age of this, age of that, and it's good to know that was still happening. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm.
3: Um. Oh yeah, and then the last thing, and this is just this is just. Interesting, I guess. Um, There's uh, Jerry Davis, for whatever reason, he – because his last story, Tomb of the Siren, they'd already stopped doing this. But for whatever reason, when he turned in his scripts, they all had subtitles. So uh, episode one was called The Beacon in Space. Episode (coughs) two, The Plague Carriers. Episode three, The Gold Miners. And episode four, The Battle of the Nerva. Hmm.
1: Man, those yeah. subtitles are just—they're just so bougie—is the word that comes to mind. Just so extra—is that a word? Bougie, <laughs> B- bougie with a B. Oh, bougie. Oh.
3: <laughs> All right. Yeah. So anyway, Revenge like, of the Cybermen is insane. It's an insane. It's like how
1: Fraser. It's like how Fraser like has those chapter break titles too.
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I forgot it did that. Wow. I haven't watched Frasier in a really long time.
1: Oh, I watch um, it every day.
3: I know. I know, <laughs> I know you do. Um. All right. Well, that's Revenge of the Cybermen, as far as the background and significance. Unfortunately, uh, we're going to be talking about the story now, and uh, it's not nearly as interesting as all that.
1: Right? <laughs> yeah. I'm. I'm looking through. I'm. I'm looking through the TARDIS. The 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 TARDIS data core here, and. I'm looking at like how they, you know, for reference, and they 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 have it broken down into parts, and I'm just looking at these paragraphs. And I'm like, yeah, I could I can clear through some of these. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of generous detail in here, TARDIS data core. <laughs> <laughs> Revenge of the Cybermen, Part One, written by Gary David, directed by Michael Bryant, produced by Philip Hinchcliffe. Script edited by Robert Holmes. Air date the 19th of April, 1975. The Doctor Harry and Sarah Jane arrive back at space station Nerva, but the TARDIS isn't where they left it. A door in the space station opens, revealing a hallway full of dead bodies. Meanwhile, on board the space station, a crewman named Warner warns approaching ships to stay far away as the space station is under quarantine because of a terrible plague. The station is on a 30-year assignment to warn ships away from the asteroid Voga until its location is updated on all the official star maps and star charts and whatnot. Meanwhile, while checking out all of the new dead bodies around them, the Doctor is attacked by a Cybermat, On the asteroid Voga, an alien is killed by his own kind to prevent him from communicating with the space station Nerva. The Vogan leader, Voris, has a man on the inside back on the station who's being paid in gold, which isn't even that rare or valuable on Vogan. The crewman Warner is also attacked by a Cybermat where he's found by the doctor in the communications room. They take Warner to the medical room where they meet Dr. Kelman, who, spoilers, is working for the Vogans. When Warner dies, the doctor finds the bite marks of a cybermat and begins to wonder if there's any plague at all. The doctor sneaks into Kelman's quarters and finds gold and communication devices. Kelman sets off a poison gas in the room, endangering the doctor's life. As this goes on, Sarah Jane is attacked by a cybermat.
3: So episode one uh, begins with our heroes falling through space. Yes.
1: Yeah. Oh, my God. Thank you. I yeah that was great <laughs> it's,
3: good. it's good completely out of context like there's no context for why they're falling through space they it just really, are
1: I actually I, I feel bad I actually went back to the last one like wait did that is that how the last one ended and then I don't know yeah
3: yeah I mean you know it did but like yeah it's, but it's just it's just funny that they chose not to give you the context at the beginning of this story um, <laughs> yeah you're just like nah. It's fine. You don't need to know. They watched last yeah.
2: week. It's fine.
3: Yeah, no <laughs> problem. It was called Genesis of the Dogs. Of course, they watched last week. Yeah. Um. <laughs> uh, so they uh, they show back up on the Ark. They're back on the Ark. That friggin' Ark, man. Yeah, they were gone for for two stories, uh, and now they're
1: back. Mm-hmm. Back on the Ark in a different uh, in a different time period. Is there a is there a place in modern Who that he goes back to as much as that that arc that ship? Besides like like Rose Tyler's house, you know what I mean? Like I I just for some reason like I I'm always surprised at how often, like, it's like oh wow yeah it all I, but then maybe it's just a, a result of like the the story being connected more than they've been in other yeah. classic Who,
3: yeah. I think it's I mean yeah it's well it's more of a budgetary thing but like also <laughs> That's very true yeah but also you know they're they're uh, they're trying to attempt a you know a kind of throwback style thing where each story is connecting to its to the next one mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. which a was the yeah well yeah but you know the cuz during the pertwe era it was very like uh modular the the stories mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, for the most part, you could take, uh, the episodes during each season of the Pertwee era and rearrange them and really change nothing. Um, mm-hmm. just about, uh, so it, you know, I kind of, I really like the way that this season is structured, but again, it would be better if it had the Zygon episode as the, as the capper. Cause it's, mm-hmm. it's where we say goodbye to Harry. It's, um, you know it's back on Earth, so it's kind of uh, bookended. It's it's stupid that it opens season thirteen, um, but uh, uh, yeah. So this is we're yeah. back on the same set, and um, uh, you know it's not as fun this time. Yeah, <laughs> it's like going back to a bar. <laughs> <laughs> on on like it's like going back to the bar you had a really fun time at two nights ago but you're coming back on like a Tuesday afternoon.
1: Yeah. And you're and like, Oh no, this is what this place oh. looks like
3: in the daytime. <laughs> oh, this is, this is real sad. Um, yeah. It's not great. Uh, I don't really understand the timeline. Is it the exact same? I know it's the exact same set. Is it supposed to be the arc or is it? Cause they, they kept saying a couple of times, like, you know, this isn't, this isn't our arc. And he's like, Oh, it's a different time. And yeah. I, you know, it's just, I don't know. It was weird. Like they didn't, it didn't feel like they hard and fast said, this is absolutely 100% the same arc from the arc in space.
2: I, there's a scene where the doctor's like trying to explain like, oh yeah, we're thousands of years before that happens. Right. Uh, but I don't actually know if it's like the same physical, but it doesn't get blown Which is up. like the same so model. I, guess, I don't know. Whatever.
3: Yeah. I don't know. They, it was unclear. Um,
2: a lot of this story is well. I'd if say. you guys are
3: confused, then I'm I'm boned. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but we do have cybermats here. Yeah, um, but they're like
1: yeah. That dumb. was great. They're, they're like, so long. They look like wiener dogs.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> I do. I like compact, cute-looking cybermats instead of like weird caterpillar ones. Mm,
3: you like the you like the ones with the with the with the brushy mustaches? Yeah. Yeah.
2: Did we – I can't remember if there were Cybermats in the moon base or is that a Tomb of the Cybermen thing?
3: That's Tomb of the Cybermen. Okay.
2: That's what I thought.
3: Yeah. Moon, they, they hadn't been invented yet. Um, I uh, – there, there's – man, there's some there, – there's nothing quite like uh, a moment in Classic Who where they have to pretend that they're in peril and they're just mm-hmm. not at all. Uh, perfect example is the arm stuck in the door.
1: Oh, that was great. Um well, the doctor the the doctor drops some choice puns right before getting his arm stuck. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um I I've, I've I've become quite attached to it. It's very handy.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh
1: and then there's a great moment after the door opens where like the the doctor gives Harry like a dirty look and the doc Harry turns to uh to uh Elizabeth like sarah I, sarah think jane. Think her, I couldn't think of her fake name that was so weird uh to, to mary jane sarah jane to sarah jane and uh, i was like "What? what did i do and i just it made me laugh and i, I re- it was like one of those times where i was really grateful for the the trio dynamic as opposed to just like the doctor and his companion mm-hmm. the the doctor is just
3: continuously trolling harry sullivan throughout this story uh, he
1: likes he, he the doctor likes it when, when there's like a guy and a girl. He just needs to raz on the dude. It's just second yeah. like nature to him. It's I you know I watch
3: this season and I and like I I just watch this happening and I just I'm looking at this and I'm like yeah, Moffat loved this. Yes, yeah. This is a hundred percent. Every, like Mickey. This, this is like, the, yeah, this is the Moffat dynamic. I mean, this was, this was, uh, you know, Rory, Amy, and the doctor. Like, absolutely, yeah. I, I'm just like, I'm just like this, this, this like doctor just being girl. like, uh, oh, Rory. And he's like, what did
1: I, I didn't do anything. <laughs> Friggin' Rory. And yeah, when yeah. I mean, like, you think about the best moments of like Girl in the Fireplace, you know, that has some choice, like Mickey moments, like Mickey yeah. and the Doctor moments.
3: Oh yeah, sure. That was, uh, yeah, that's very true. Yeah. Um, yeah. So he, he apparently really likes this dynamic as well.
1: Yeah, it was great. Or yeah, liked, like, liked. Liked. Liked Past yeah. tense. Oh man, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's over. Now it's real.
3: <laughs> um, just, uh, 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 in general, I was getting a lot of 12 vibes, um, from four this time,
0: mm.
1: yeah, yeah. He was well. He was. Uh, he had that 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 Cheshire cat smile a lot that mm-hmm. Capaldi kind of borrowed.
3: Mm-hmm. And he was. Uh, and he, he's more grumpy than he has been in the previous stories this season. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I, I, he's grumpy because you know they're being haunted by Irish spelunkers. <laughs> yeah, he's he's under a lot of stress in this. <laughs> <movie>. <laughs> <Yeah>. Uh. <laughs> so. All right. So here here's uh here's a mistake that I noticed. So when we are introduced to the um uh
1: what are these what are these dudes called? Uh Vogans, the aliens, right? Yes, which I kept I kept make me made me think of Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy
0: a lot. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Um but yeah, we when we're introduced to the Voga to the Vogans, we're introduced to the dead body of one falling to the ground. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> and I just was thinking, I was like, you know, I uh, this was a mistake, but yes. kudos to <laughs> kudos to uh to to Michael Bryant, the director, and to um uh, to like really everyone involved, the makeup people, whatever. Yeah, kudos to them for having the audacity to believe that the makeup job on these aliens are so good that you can introduce them as a dead body. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I'll be honest, like, it doesn't work at all. Like, I, it flops down and I was like, oh, what happened to her? I thought it was a human that, like, something had happened to her. I
1: was like, oh, are the cybermen yeah, no, like, yeah. sucking the life out of people You're, or yeah, something? The, the audience's first thing that they go for is, oh, that's a human. Yeah. Right. With a weird face. That something has happened to them. Yeah. Because uh, now they're we, dead. Yeah, because an alien an alien is alien in not just looks, but like movement and like yeah. speech. But, yeah. like, we, but the kids know the kids know that it's not gonna look like Star Wars, but like if, if they, they didn't gonna, even know if, what Star Wars was in nineteen seventy five. I think in their hearts they knew. They just didn't have words for it yet. It's like when we saw Black <laughs> Panther. Um but but, but yeah. when the aliens, the
3: but after we like sort of pan up and we see that there's other ones, it's like, oh, oh, there isn't oh, anything an wrong alien. with her. Yeah. She's just dead. She's just a dead alien. You know, I, um, I hadn't
2: seen the story in so long that I forgot they were aliens and I thought it was a mask. And I was like, what the heck kind of mask is that? And then I was like,
3: oh, it's their face. <laughs> OK.
2: But yeah. Now
3: I feel bad. Um, <laughs> I, <laughs> I, the Vogan designs aren't, I mean, they're not. Terrible, especially for this era. Mm-hmm. Um, they look, they look like elongated Centaurans. Yeah, a little bit, um, uh, which is uh, fine, I guess. It's fine. Um, but I, I want to compliment them on the costuming. That's what I was really struck by. Is the I really like their costumes, like the. I don't know, like all of the detail on their costumes and stuff. It was, it was really just like, well, it's too late to spend money on the plot of this thing, so we're just going to spend it all on costumes and makeup.
1: Yeah, no, that's actually really true. Like it, it, I, I, and it's a real shame because I have to go back and remember how how good it looked mm-hmm. because it it doesn't leave an impression because the story isn't very surprising or memorable.
3: Right. Right. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um I also I I really like the line of uh the guy the when the when they find the doctor, um the the guy's on the uh, on the space station, they find the doctor and they pull a gun on him and uh, the doctor's just the guy that's holding the gun, the doctor's just like, Who's the homicidal maniac? Yeah which
1: Yeah.
3: <laughs> I just I just really uh, I love I because I, I love the idea because, you know, the idea is that they're jumping to conclusions about him. So he might as well jump to conclusions about them. And I just I I love I love that Tom Baker's doctor just like trolls everyone he meets. <laughs> I just think it's so funny.
1: Yeah. No, and that's very 12, very nine as well. Mm-hmm. Not to just mm-hmm. not, to start, not to just start throwing out other doctors. Yeah, but this is well, the but that's, guy, though. This is like Elvis. Like everyone totally. borrowed from this dude. Totally. I and I just like,
3: I just like that you. You know, no matter how much each doctor changes in personality, it's mm-hmm. that all, every actor does such a good job of being the doctor. Still, mm-hmm. even though they're bringing their own thing to it, there's still like a like a sense of the doctor, and so I like. I like finding, you know, other doctors' things in all of the different yeah. doctors, you know? Yeah. You
1: know, you I, I you always – or I, I, I remember, you know, Steve Carell famously saying that he never watched the Ricky Gervais office when he got the part because he wanted it to be its own thing. And I, I, I really admire that kind of thing. And I think that is a good idea most of the time. But I think if you're playing the doctor, it's one of the few times where you actually do need to watch how the other actors did it because it is – you want that echo, mm-hmm. you know, right? Even if it's subconscious, right? Totally, totally. Yeah, no, well, it's, it's uh, crazy when 13 starts like doing like Jody Whittaker's version of like when does four show up? When does like 12 show up? Yeah, like, totally.
3: Pumped. I know, I know. <laughs> um, anyway, Revenge of the Cyber. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, so. It, I guess I guess that takes us to part two. What is
1: What does part one end with? Is it the. Well, part it, one ends with uh, Sarah Jane oh, getting attacked oh, right by yeah. the Cyberman. Right, getting attacked by the. Getting attacked.
2: Doing that thing that you're. Good in this. like No. Like bad good? No, they're <laughs> all
1: like. Yeah, they're all just vague, like, uh-oh, t- like t- uh oh. Like, like oh, he, Harry doesn't know that that's what that does. Mm hmm. <laughs> I know that's like the only
3: one that. Well, okay, save that. Hold on, save <laughs> that. Yeah, yeah, let's yeah. not. We're, like, oh, we're not.
1: Oh, the but like, there's three where the doctor gets like shot. You know, and
3: like. Mm, he- well, yeah, we're going to talk about all of them. Hold on. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so talking about them, I well no, we were talking about the one at the end of the first one. Then you guys all started talking about all of them. Um, okay. All right, hold on. <laughs> we have a structure right. to this show.
1: God damn it. Um,
0: <laughs>
3: Anarchy.
1: Anarchy. <laughs> Revenge of the Cybermen Part 2 Written by Gary David Directed by Michael Bryant Produced by Philip Hinchcliffe Script edited by Robert Holmes Airdate 26th of April, 1975 The Doctor defies death's dark will yet again and escapes the room to hear Sarah Jane being attacked. He kills the Cyberman with gold dust, but Sarah has already been bitten. Back on Voga, Voris schemes to have a giant rocket, the Sky Striker, fitted with bombs to really mess up some Cybermen. The doctor sends Harry and the poisoned Sarah Jane down to Vogan. Sarah Jane quickly recovers once on Vogan as the surface is covered in gold. Vogans arrive and capture Harry and Sarah Jane, taking them both to Voris. Voris must leave his prisoners, however, to have a meeting with Counselor Tylem. Tylem tells Voris that he isn't happy with the way he's been running things and has assembled a militia to take over. Harry and Sarah Jane freed themselves as fighting breaks out between the two Vogan factions. Meanwhile, a cybership docks onto space station Nerva and the station is boarded by Cybermen who shoot the doctor and the Nerva crewmen with their forehead lasers seemingly killing them.
3: So after Sarah gets attacked by the the Cybermat, um, she gets stricken with this virus thing. Uh, this virus, like poison, and I got to be honest, it is one of the coolest effects I've ever seen in Classic Who, because uh, mm. she gets like these the poison veins, and they're like glowing, mm-hmm. like for real, like on the set. It's not like a something that they added in post. It's like,
2: oh, is it? It, not? it looks
3: like they no, no. It's like a, it's like a, it looks like an iridescent paint that they put on her, painted on her, that the the camera lights are like shining off of and making it look that way. Mm. Um, it's a practical effect. It's not uh, done in post. It looks really cool.
2: That is impressive.
3: Yeah. Um, reminds me of the bubble wrap. Uh. Mm. <laughs> I
0: love
2: bubble
3: wrap. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Who doesn't? <laughs> Who doesn't love bubble wrap, to be honest? Um, so they. Uh, so after they, um, you know, cure Sarah of the, the Poison, the glowy poison in her veins, uh, which is this great bit where <laughs> Harry's just like holding her and it just keeps talking about how he's not sure Sarah's gonna make it. And the doctor's just like, Shut up! Like, <laughs> I just, already
2: know this.
3: I know. I, what do you think I'm doing? <laughs> My god, you moron! Uh, god, he just hates Harry. It's just so funny. It's no one, <laughs> so no wonder he leaves him behind in the next story. Aww. <laughs> um. Uh, yeah, so they uh, after they after they heal Sarah and they go uh, down to the they go to the the asteroid and they're um, they're down there getting getting gold and stuff, getting gold powder, and then the Vogans just like I love it because the, like Harry and Sarah just look up from seeing the like checking out the gold dust on the ground, and they look up and they just see like six Vogans. Come around a corner with guns, silently run up, like just huddle around them, pull them away and then just scuttle on back around the corner. And it's all done completely. They're saying nothing, nothing. Mm -hmm. The Vogans say nothing to Harry or Sarah. They just they just run out in unison, grab them and run back in (laughs) in unison. And it is just the weirdest I think that's more terrifying than if they were, like, (laughs) screaming at them, holding guns. (laughs) Uh,
1: Oh, man. The Vogans. So the Vogans, they kind of remind me of Mel Brooks in Spaceballs a little bit in the makeup. Oh, they do a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Especially the old man. Oh, yeah. Who I thought – I kept calling him Michael Gambon. (laughs) (laughs) Vogan. Uh, yeah. Did you put your name <laughs> on oh. the Goblet of Fire? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, uh, you're on trailer!
3: Hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, and then, uh, yeah, so they... The Cybermen, uh, let's see here, what do we got? We got, uh, are the Cybermen in this one yet? It takes forever to get to the <laughs> yeah, Cybermen. I don't think so. I don't really
1: don't think they are Yeah,
3: yet. oh, man. Um... Yeah. Okay. So there's, there's this thing where, uh, they take, they take Harry and Sarah hostage, um, or like they take him prisoner, put him in this, uh, in this cell, which is basically just like mm-hmm. another room that looks exactly like the room they were just in. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and, uh, Sarah, they, they, they put Sarah's, uh, legs in chains and, uh, Harry gets out and then he's like trying to get Sarah out and he's like negging on Sarah's ankles And I was like, not cool, Harry. (laughs) Yeah.
2: I, I, Yeah, they... Like, there's a... Like, him and the doctor just constantly are poking at Sarah when she's in trouble to, like, get her angry so she moves instead of freaking out. And it's, it's effective, I guess, but it's really unfortunate because, like, poor Sarah. Leave her alone. She's doing her best. Like, why are you (laughs) gonna... Yeah. Don't talk about her cankles. I
3: do like like
1: their... What does her – what do her I, ankles yeah. have anything to
3: do with anything? I like,
1: don't know. God, get, they really do have kind of a – kind I, of like a brother-sister thing. They
3: do. I Well, I, I mean that's what it would be now. Uh, back then. No. Yeah. I don't know. Um, it, Calls her old girl. Uh, Hello. Uh,
1: uh, we're going to <laughs> – Yeah. God, to die God, is it
3: just me or would would Harry Sullivan and uh, the Fifth Doctor like really get along? Like, just be best buds? Oh, oh my
1: God! Well, here's my theory. I think the Fourth Doctor thought Harry was cooler than he allowed himself to say out loud. <laughs> this, he's kind of like, oh, that's a dude. That's like a real guy, right there. He,
3: so he like regenerates I into so. Harry Sullivan.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. He kind of takes. Yeah. Hi everyone. Yeah. Uh, I'm the Doctor. Oh boy um i like cricket and going outside
3: <laughs> oh man that wouldn't surprise me at all but yeah i i would have uh i would i would have loved to see uh to see uh harry oh, yeah, and, and five like two dogs out. yeah
1: when you introduce a for a, 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 your dog to a friend's dog
3: yeah <laughs> oh yeah um so then there's a there's a bit where um, the Cybermen so the oh the Cybermen there are in this because they're in the little pod ship and they're docking into the oh yeah yeah they're docking into the into the space station and the shots where they're docking I mean it's like straight out of the like Star Trek the motion picture <laughs> when
2: the miniature shot.
3: <laughs> yeah, when they're like docking, when they're like docking into the into the Enterprise, and it's just taking forever. Uh, except that that was a multi-million-dollar production, and this miniature looks like it was made for about thirty dollars. Yeah.
0: Uh, mm-hmm. uh,
3: but uh, it takes about as long. Um, them them docking, we're just like watching a long shot of just the cheapest looking miniature you've ever seen docking into another cheap ass miniature and it's it's uh it's pretty incredible um yeah so then uh so so the doctor goes out to meet them and uh you know as they're as they're entering and they enter and then they 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 shoot him in the back and i you know you get to this cliffhanger where they shoot him in the back and before you find out what the what the result of the cliffhanger is i you know he gets shot in the back and goes down and i just go you know the 12th Doctor died like this. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> huh.
1: <Weird>. Yeah. <laughs> How many times do we walk past the, the door of death without hearing it? I know. It's true. Revenge of the Cybermen, Part 3. Written by Jerry David. Directed by Michael Bryant. Produced by Philip Hinchcliffe. Script edited by Robert Holmes. Air date: 3rd of May. 1975. The Doctor and the others aren't dead at all, but are strapped with explosives and set to be sent down to Vogon to destroy the asteroid. Kelman volunteers to beam down to Vogon first, but is captured by the militia as soon as he gets there. The Cyber Leader plans to destroy Vogan so that the humans can lose access to its precious Cybermen-killing gold. The Doctor and the crewmen are beamed down to Vogan to leave their bombs on their asteroid. Kaellerman tells Tylem about vorus 's plan to destroy the Cybermen. He and Harry are sent down to the same mines where the doctor is. Harry accidentally causes a rock slide which crushes the doctor. Harry finds the doctor 's unconscious body and proceeds to start fiddling with the bomb strapped to the doctor
3: so in uh, in thirteen uh, the guy the the mole who is working with the cybermen who uh, who who you know led them to the to the in space um he comes around the corner and sees the doctor and looks at him and goes, "Oh, you didn't kill him." And the cybermen are like, "Of course we didn't kill him." And I was like, "Wow, great cliffhanger resolved." Why would we do that? Yeah. No. Like it's just like, "Oh wow, the doctor's dead. He was shot in the back." Oh no, 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 just no. Like no there's no no like smart way to get out of it. He does not he's not wearing like the like a bulletproof vest or anything. Like
1: it's just <laughs> it's just like we didn't actually kill him. It's fine. Um Yeah, like yeah, that's not a that's not a cliff a cliffhanger isn't just you didn't tell us everything. <laughs> right? So
2: many classic who cliffhangers are like that though. Like I know. So many.
3: Oh man. That's really good. I mean it's it's not unlike uh, – the, you know, look, it's one of the best cliffhangers in Doctor Who history, but uh, the fake-out regeneration of 10, <laughs> it's not unlike that. Yeah. Because we're like, oh, he's dead. He is dead and he's regenerating and oh my god. And then it's like, oh, no, actually, if I just do – I'm a little teapot, I can put it into <laughs> another – put my energy <laughs> into another thing and then I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> ridiculous um anyway uh so yeah so the doctor's taken into um into uh custody oh there's this great bit where they're going through his pockets and all he's got in his pockets are jelly babies and an apple core <laughs> which is to me all you need to know about it <laughs> yes
1: <laughs> well, he had a well.
3: Never mind. I don't want to. Just put an apple core. Like he ate an apple and he put the core in his pocket and just he left. Didn't it. Didn't see there. a place to throw it away. Oh man, just, oh, I love the doctor. It's just so stupid. <laughs> you want to
2: get all sticky and gross? Like yes, it absolutely <laughs> would.
3: <laughs> and he only has one outfit. He's waiting. He's not like, washing that thing very often,
2: or something. Like
3: I don't know. I don't know. Also, how long has that been in there? When did he eat an apple? Ew, I know. <laughs> We've seen like every minute of of his existence I bet for he the past it's been like in there since, four like, stories. Like Oh my god. He
2: died and he was just like, "Oh, this is still in here?" Gross.
3: <laughs> <laughs> he's like, he, well, he would have had to he would have changed cuz he's in a different outfit now. But uh, yeah, yeah, maybe he was scary. eating an apple in Robot and then <laughs> has just had the apple core in there since then. <sighs> since we started the long way around. It's been a while. Um, yeah. Yeah. He's had that apple core for a long time. <laughs> uh So the doctor I, – I, I love the doctor goading the cyber leader. Um, yes. Where he's just like – again, he's just such a troll in this story. Mm-hmm. It's my favorite part of the story. The story itself is is – It's not even. I wouldn't even call it bad necessarily. It's just such a nothing story.
1: You know what it reminds me of, and and not to keep just bringing up other 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 dudes, but there were episodes of towards the end of Eleven's run where I think we liked it just because we liked Eleven. Uh huh. Or you know we liked Amy and Rory and those three like you know being cute and fun. Mm -hmm. And if we if we if we like took the bread off the sandwich we were like oh this is actually kind of just whatever
2: the right. power of three uh the <laughs> exactly
3: the power of three I don't, like
2: this story is so like mediocre mm-hmm. and like it's not good but it's not so bad, it's good, it's just kind of there, and that's my
1: yeah, like it's a it watching it is fun it's oh just, no, it's I have no I have very no fun
2: watching this. this is like my least favorite kind oh, okay. of story where I'm just like, all right, this is a thing that happened, and I'm watching it yeah
3: now. the 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 <laughs> stuff like I could watch I could watch four Sarah Jane and Harry bumming around a spaceship like. The first episode is is pretty good. Mm. Uh, like I I like the first episode because it's it's
1: they just find some dead bodies. Yeah,
3: it's it's kind of silly and but it's also like kind of eerie because the the space station is so empty and they're like you know tiptoeing around trying to figure out what's going on. Like I I like that. I think the first part is good. It's the other three that are not great.
0: Mm. Mm-hmm.
3: Um. So yeah. So there's a, at a certain point. We get to a point where there are um, – there's, there's two factions of Vogans. So there's like the main guardian Vogans and then there's these other Vogans who are just like, no, we have to kill everybody. Um, they want to blow stuff up. And they're at war with each other, civil war that the Doctor gets in the middle of. Surprise, surprise. It's Doctor Who. Um, and uh, they're, they're like sort of like having a battle in the asteroid caverns. And they're just like uh, they're like shooting at each other from across a hallway, is what it seems like. I mean, it's it's a cave, so it's not like an actual hallway. But the cave is like the size of a hallway. Mm-hmm. So like they're both just like on either side of a rock, using it as cover, <laughs> and then just shooting each other across a across the little the little hallway sized cavern. And then in this story, or in this in this episode, like the Cybermen show up, and so then it's like. It, it it it's it's like they're shooting each other but then also trying to shoot the cybermen and the cybermen are just standing there taking it um
1: yeah like it was it was, it was a weird it was a very strange war
3: yeah it was just a bunch of people standing around shooting each other uh
1: <laughs> yeah and and i'll i'll be honest we the second time i watched this episode i i found myself being like fast forwarding because I knew it would just be like a minute of gunfire. Yeah, now. yeah,
3: no, absolutely. But the only the only thing that saves those moments is uh, uh, the the just the the awesome synth jams going on uh, during. Oh, very good score during those. Yeah. yeah, this episode actually does have a really good score. Oh no, um, I
2: don't like it at all. Like the sliding oh, trombone it's so, thing. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I
3: mean maybe. I don't remember the sliding I love, trombone. I just no, remember it's the
2: like all over. Uh, <laughs>
3: Oh, I just remember the the synth jams in that uh, in the standing around gunfight mm. that uh, felt yes. like something right out of Stranger Things, and I
1: loved it. it really also, good. on a on a personal note, um, I have a I have a dog in the apartment now, and uh, those noises were not he was not <laughs> the, 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 the 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 laser noises. So I was very uh, resentful of them. How often <laughs>
2: they kept happening. Well, it was amazing. the Cybermen shooting out of their weird head cannons, like literal head cannons.
1: Yeah, right, head cannons. <laughs> what if that's what they did? They just walked around being like, "We think Harry and Roger." <laughs> <dragon." laughs>
0: oh my god!
3: Oh, when that's they go amazing. to
1: the ship and alien, all those eggs must mean that a queen was somewhere on the ship. Head cannon. <laughs>
3: Spectacular. Um I love that. Uh <laughs> <I> just... <laughs> James Bond was a time lord head cannon. <laughs> yeah, the,
1: the, they're just they're not there, they just wander around changing history.
3: Yeah. <laughs> they just shoot things and it changes them into their head
1: cannon. Oh
2: my god.
1: <laughs> oh my god.
3: That's great.
1: Man, if class was still on the air, oh, would have specked the crap out of that.
3: Oh my god, head cannon! (laughs) (laughs) I just love the idea of them saying head cannon (laughs) and then firing off a beam, a beam of, of, a a, a, a beam of, of retcon. Yeah, it
1: just changes time and.
3: Space. That's like that. It, it's like the Care Bear stare, but it's coming out of the yeah. Siren's head.
1: Just changes everything,
3: and then it—it's just like it, yeah, it's like a Care Bear stare that ends with, uh, with uh, you know, Ron and Harry holding hands. <laughs> um, like, oh no! Oh
2: my god! That's amazing.
1: <sighs> okay. Where, where are we
3: at? Mm-hmm. Thor and Loki are actually jilted lovers.
0: Head <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, they're. I'm dead.
3: I'm
0: dead. <laughs> <laughs>
3: um... Uh, and then there's a rock collapse, and uh, the laziest and, uh,
2: rock collapse yeah. I have ever yeah, seen. Harry,
3: Harry,
1: <laughs> what does Harry do? He like pushes up against
3: it. Yeah, and it, it causes a bunch of rocks to collapse. So the doctor, the doctor, the the Cybermen have put like a like a strapped like a bomb to his chest. <laughs> um, that if if it if he if it you tamper with it, it'll blow up. And uh, you know Harry is in the caverns, and he. He, he hits a cave wall, and then the rocks fall onto the doctor after he shouts for a bunch of other prisoners to get out of the way. Mm-hmm. And uh, he gets hit by the rocks and is out, and then Harry comes around. And he's like, oh, it's, it's the doctor. And he goes up to him, and he's like, oh, well, let's take this stupid thing off. And he starts messing with the bomb on his chest, <laughs> and that's the cliffhanger. Um, it's so dumb. It's just
1: yeah, it's, it's, Harry
3: doesn't know what he's doing. That's the cliffhanger. <laughs>
1: it's so dumb. It's you can like, like you can imagine the children being like, "No, Harry, <laughs> Harry, no, you idiot!" No no! Revenge of the Cybermen, Part Four, written by Jerry David, directed by Michael Bryant, produced by Philip Hinchcliffe, script edited by Robert Holmes. Airdate: tenth of May, nineteen seventy-five. Lester, a crewman, stops Harry from blowing up the Doctor. The Doctor disables the bomb, so the cyberleader plans to send the space station itself crashing into Vogan. The Doctor asks Tylem if he can try to stop the Cyberman himself on Nerva before the Sky Striker is used. Once on board the space station, the Doctor finds Sarah, but before they can finish their plan, Voris sends the Sky Striker to destroy the space station. The Doctor manages to tell Vogan to redirect the Sky Striker. The TARDIS finally materializes again, and the gang heads back to Earth to help Brigadier Leftbridge Stewart, who has sent a letter to the Doctor, asking for his help.
3: Uh, and then in episode four, uh, the the somebody stops Harry from blowing them all up, and and the hey, do- don't do that. Yeah, they oh, don't sorry. do that. Yeah. The Doctor wakes up, and he's like, "Were you? Did you cause the rock collapse?" And he's like, "Oh, I, I, I'm afraid I did, Doctor." And, he, and he's like, "Did you try to mess with the bomb on my chest?" He's like, he's like, oh, I, I, I mean, I tried to get it off, and he just starts. The doctor just starts laughing, and then suddenly screams, "Harry Sullivan is an imbecile!" <laughs> and then collapses,
1: like to, to God himself. Yeah. Oh my! I just God. yeah, just just yells that out into the universe.
3: Harry Sullivan That's is an great. imbecile, <laughs> and then
1: passes out. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's moments like that that made the episode more pleasurable. <laughs> <laughs> kind of in a, in a dinosaurs on a spaceship kind of way. I'll, I'll still go to bat for that episode <laughs> just because, like, I like all those little moments.
3: Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, I, I well, and I think that, uh, it, it's so funny, though, because, like, a moment like that, the way, he, that, like, as hateful as the fourth Doctor is to to Harry <laughs> in this whole story... It just it just makes me think of like, you know, like Nick. You're not you're not aware of this yet because you haven't gotten to him. But like, you know, just four years later, angry, drunk Tom Baker doing this stuff would it would be bad. I mean, it would it it would it would make you it would make it'll hurt your heart if he does this stuff later on. So, Um, So
1: you're saying there's a playfulness. And an agility to it now that, right. that we lose later on.
3: Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's so it's weird to see, but it's still I it's still I find it off putting still because I can think of I, I, I know what's coming. Yeah. And so I just look at moments like this, and I was like, no, oh, that's like a it's like a precursor <laughs> of things to come, <laughs> where he's just like that all the time. But for right now, it's all right, fun like, oh. in games. Yeah, right.
1: Yeah, it's like remembering a friend, like oh, I remember that one time that, that one dude kind of went crazy and had that and now that, and but then it becomes the norm and it's like oh, that's not a fun yeah. anymore. Yeah.
3: <laughs> right, right. Um so there's a uh, we we learned about the the rockets and yeah. so there's there's a rocket that is going to blow up the asteroid the cybermen want to blow up the asteroid because they want to use the rocket to blow up the asteroid because it's full of gold that could kill them. And the warring faction of the, uh, of the Vogans want to use the asteroid to kill the Ark in space because they're just like, ah, they're different and weird from us. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and want to blow them up. And then the old man is just like, Oh, can't you just leave everyone alone? Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, and uh so there everybody's fighting over controls of this of this rocket um eventually the cybermen get the control of the rocket and uh are are uh, firing it and uh but it, it it or no no the cybermen don't fire it right it's the it's the guy he fires yeah it. he the gets cybermen it, it like
2: it, attached the bombs to the people and they were going to blow up the asteroid from inside but then it doesn't work right and then like right. Yeah, it doesn't work, and then the Vogons, or whatever, Vogons, <laughs> Vogon poetry, um, they they want to <laughs> blow up the Cybermen because the Cybermen tried to blow up their planet ages ago or whatever. There was like some war or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. They have a rocket, and the Cybermen have the spaceship, the space station.
3: Right. So then they're just oh, like, right.
2: oh, plan B, let's just ram the space station into the asteroid, and that'll fix it. <laughs>
3: Right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. But then they, they send the rocket to blow up the Ark before it can hit the asteroid. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then the doctor gets control of the Ark, at, like, at the last minute. And then the rocket takes off, which is – the rocket is just stock footage of a NASA rocket. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure it says USA on the side. <laughs> like, it's – literally just stock footage of a ro- it's like the stock footage you always see when you see stock footage of a rocket taking mm-hmm. off it's that stock footage it's that same like early 60s stock footage of a rocket taking off uh and it's that stock footage and then the rocket comes toward them and the the doctor they they it's like coming right for them and they do all they can to try and get the the ark and space out of the way and they it's this there's this really funny moment where they're in the control room watching the rocket come right toward them on the view screen. And then the rocket comes toward them and they both duck yeah. as if <laughs> as if they're looking out a window, but they're not. It's a screen. <laughs> um, and it's really funny, but uh, it, it goes yeah, over them just, yeah. and then it's fine.
1: And then they get a phone call from the Brigadier.
3: Yeah. Well, a telegraph, a telegraph. Yeah, a space time telegraph from the
1: brigadier, (laughs) which is so much more charming than a
2: phone call for some reason.
1: Hello. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It is. It's just. It's very professional.
3: (laughs) Oh my god! What if? What if the doctor like, like pulls out the old space time telegraph? Like, oh, I forgot I had this, and it's just it it is just an endless supply <laughs> of the brigadier asking for help oh, no. that that he just oh, hasn't ocean. seen <laughs> oh no oh oh no
2: <laughs> oh that's so
1: sad and then just pss, doctor need help cuz i i, <laughs> I it's, it's just November, so November funny 8, that 19, like
3: you know i i know that it doesn't actually exist yet uh at this point but you know if we're talking about uh, the the Doctor Who as a taken as a whole, the Doctor has a phone that he gives out numbers to. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. uh he gave out the number to uh, what's his face, Gary Oldman. What's his Gary face? Uh... <laughs>
2: Winston Churchill. Oh, Churchill. Churchill. Yeah.
3: <laughs> oh, he's still John Lithgow to me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, see, I watched a whole season without Lithgow, so I'm already. That's a good season too. I'm past it, yeah, it is a real. They were both real good seasons, but um, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, but yeah. So he gave it to Churchill. So it's not even like the time <laughs> period is the issue. He just didn't give the brigadier his telephone number. <laughs> he gave him the telegraph. It's much system. more
2: romantic this
3: way. Oh man, he's
2: an old fashioned. We can guy. write each other notes. Yeah.
3: The brigadier and the doctor are in love. Head cannon. <laughs> head cannon. <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay, so that's another thing that I like don't like about this story is the Cybermen don't sound like Cybermen. They just sound like dudes in Cyberman suits.
3: Oh yeah, there's yeah. a dude that straight up sounds like uh, like he he's got like a like a northern accent. Yeah, like the, like the just... I think it's like the
2: Cyber Leader or whatever, the guy with the black yeah. helmet. And I'm just like, wow. Um, okay, yeah.
3: Like I just kept waiting for for the Cyber Leader. To just be like, well, you have something that the that the other doctor didn't have—great big bushy beard. <laughs> like, <laughs> it
0: just
3: did. It just didn't. Was not correct. It was weird. Mm-hmm. It was super. Because, like,
2: weird. the cyber leader going forward, like in oh head cannon. In, <laughs> in the earth, in mm-hmm. Earth Shock, the cyber leader sounds legit, and then all the mm-hmm. other I don't know. It's kind of sad. Mm.
3: Jim Broadbent to uh, Cyberman now. <laughs> <Head> cannon. <laughs> uh, man, Stephen Moffat really yeah. missed out on the headcanon thing. Yeah.
1: Well, that's Chibnall's ball now. Yeah, it's true.
3: <laughs> Pick it up, Chibnall. Headcanon. Uh, mm-hmm.
0: anyway. Oh
2: my God, can you imagine if they go to the land of fiction, but instead of fiction, it's fan fiction? <laughs> <laughs>
3: The land of fiction is now fan fiction, head yeah, Doctor <laughs> Who
2: versus the internet, like. <laughs>
3: oh my god! Incredible, <laughs> absolutely incredible! Oh my god! I want that so bad. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna cut that out of this episode so we can save it for Aww, when we get damn. to write the show.
0: I made it funny. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
3: I'm not gonna cut it out. I'm too lazy. Fair. Um, fair. <laughs> Also, I'm not editing this one, so.
2: Head um, uh.
3: Headcanon.
1: <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I think that's all we got for this one. It was a fun, this was a fun episode. <laughs> yeah. of of the doctor's companion yeah this podcast was a fun
3: episode
2: it's longer than i Um, expected it to be to be honest
3: (laughs) i get way longer than i expected it to be i expected the majority of this to be the background of significance to be honest Mm. um so i am i am shocked but pleasantly surprised uh (laughs) that's uh revenge of the cybermen and uh you know it's now on my list of stories that uh, I probably won't ever watch again. Most likely,
2: ah, so. lucky.
1: <laughs> As always, uh, visit us at duelinggenre dot com. Email us contact at thedoctor'scompanion dot us. Tweet us at uh, TDC Pod. Uh, We love hearing from you guys about what you think about the episodes or Doctor Who in general. Let us know how you're getting excited for the show coming back in the fall or whenever it comes back. Yeah. Uh, Facebook, iTunes, and uh, you can listen to some of our other shows, including Lord of the Rings Minute, which is back in full Mm -hmm. force. Mm
3: Mm-hmm. Uh, You'll be able to hear Nick and I talk more about Jim Broadbent uh, next season on the Cornetto Minute.
1: Hell yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're covering Hot Fuzz. Yeah. exciting. Heck yeah. And, uh, yeah. How? Okay.
3: Here. All right. Hold on. (laughs) Hold on just a damn minute. How in the world do you make six Middle Earth movies and you don't make Jim Broadbent a Hobbit? How does that happen?
2: Uh, He doesn't want to go to New Zealand? Question mark? (sighs) Yeah, that's
1: Disappointed. a missed nice yeah. opportunity right there. Yeah, and nobody, yeah, he is. Amazon. All, he could have been like a took. Like <laughs> Amazon. Like a Amazon, Bucky. get on this. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. He could be like a Shaxville bag. Hell yeah. <laughs>
3: oh, man. Oh, my God. Amazing.
1: Give me your stuff. You <laughs> Amazing. Uh, support us at slash support. Just click on the donation button. You could also get merch. For a lot of the podcasts, including T M and T Minute, which is some really cool shirts. Actually, uh, if you
3: special- go to, uh, I, I want to mention, if you go to uh, duelinggenre dot com slash merch, um, we are we are actually now an affiliate of T Public. Um, oh, what does that mean? That means we get more money for the T-shirt sales and stuff. Well, hey. Uh And we can sell all sorts of designs in our store, not just made exclusively for us, but things of uh, of of you know of this sort of uh, this sort of thing. So basically, you can go to our store and you can buy anything in our merch store. Uh, on T public and, uh, we'll get, we'll get, uh, you know, a a bit off the top. We get, I think 11% or something like that of, uh, of regular sales. And then like 30 plus percent of our own designs, which is,
1: uh, pretty rad. Yeah. That's fun.
3: Yeah. So, um, now is the time to go, uh, to go buy merch. Um, I'll make sure that there's lots of, uh, doctor who related stuff in there. Um, and you know, maybe, uh, maybe we'll start uh we'll start selling some uh we'll start getting some doctor's companion designs the Lord knows we have enough running jokes on this show um i would honestly uh,
2: wear a shirt that said "Pecs lips like
3: yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, well i and, and, and apparently uh apparently uh uh, the, uh, uh, uh apparently uh bad macro roommate was a big hit uh so, oh, really yeah oh, cool. <laughs> Apparently that was a big hit, so uh, I don't know. Um, we had people, uh, we had people reaching out, uh, telling us how much they liked that episode. Nice. Um, oh, cool. Yeah. So that's uh, that's good. Uh, so anyway, <laughs> go to our, get our uh, go to our go to our T public store, um, and uh, we'll we'll be back next week with uh, the Black Or.